You're listening to the Native Plants Healthy Planet Podcast, presented by Pinelands Nursery. Here are your hosts, Fran Chismar and Tom Knezic. Welcome back to The Buzz, brought to you by the Native Plants Healthy Planet Podcast, presented by Pinelands Nursery. I am Fran Chismar. And I am Tom Knezic, and today we are buzzing into chapter 67 of our uh, our podcast, where sometimes we just pull a Bill Riley and say, screw it, we're doing, going to do it live. <laughs> you know what? It's been a busy couple weeks, and I'm, I'm tired. You know, while we were setting up, we were having a few technical difficulties. Yeah. And while I was waiting for everything to come online, I actually closed my eyes for a second. I thought I was going to fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, it took my laptop like half an hour to boot up. And then Fran doesn't know if this is actually recording or not. It's, uh... <laughs> it's, it's recording now. Whether it will keep recording, I don't know. So, it's been yeah. shutting off. So, on yeah, this might be a very abridged episode if it doesn't <laughs> capture the whole thing. But, it's uh, but, somewhat prepared. It's not fully prepared, but it's somewhat yeah, prepared. It's our, our pets' heads are falling off. It's uh, <laughs> a lot going on over here, <laughs> over here. Which you wouldn't think for mid-August. You know, it's busy in a oh, different oh, type of business way. business-wise, it's been slow. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. It always is. It's August. But it's busy in a different type of way. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But, uh, yeah, we are uh, – so I guess I should say this – we've always promised in the beginning of episodes that we are going to keep it shorter. We are actually on a, a deadline now because yeah. <laughs> of our, our technical difficulties. So I guarantee this will be maybe the shortest episode we've ever had. I, I, I guarantee it will be the shortest episode we've but, ever had. So let's uh, stop with the chit-chat and get into our That's Hot for the Week. We should figure out beforehand who's going first. Yeah, I know. Not. We do this every time. I think yeah. about it, too. I never know. It's like mm. we look at it and go, oh, who's who's going to go first? Yeah. So you want me to go? Yeah. I, um, I always tell you to go first. All right. So this is, you know, this is going to tie into my listener shout out um, for the reason why I'm picking this plant. But um, my choice this week is Conoclinum coelestinum, which is blue mist flower. Now, Conoclinum used to be eupatorium so it's in the joe pie weed family but damn botanist (laughs) changing names again again. but uh this one seemed to seems to have taken taken foot like people are actually using it so uh that doesn't always happen but uh blue mist flower is an adaptable perennial of sandy coastal marshes to drier inland meadows ornamental lavender flowers reminiscent to me it reminds me of hardy ageratum uh the the annual so very similar flowers it gets one to two foot tall it is a facultative species so it can take drier or, or wetter conditions but part of the reason is because it can be aggressive and mm-hmm. um this will lead into uh a call that i had gotten here at work about using aggressive native plants to combat invasive plants mm-hmm. so and this wasn't one that was on the list and i realized afterwards hey this should be added to it because it can colonize pretty well um and i think mm-hmm. actually was it patrick gilliam yeah that's what i was going to bring up how it was kind of spreading that, where he didn't plant it right? and that was after the fact too i had already had this prepared yeah. before he posted that so and i'd been meaning to respond to him in our, our facebook group and say that i too pl- i planted a ton of it in our actually my wife planted most of it in our garden out front and it does not grow where we actually planted it. it is like all in different spots it's yeah. there but it's not where we put it originally i like that you know i yeah. like the fact that it finds where it wants to be definitely and and, definitely. and i love that but uh birds and butterflies both love it uh flowers july kind of almost through november and it is native to 27 states so awesome. mostly the 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 midwest to the east coast i don't think it's really found on the west coast but uh that should that at least hits half of you yeah (laughs) half of half of the states can use it so that's my choice all right good choice thank you so my choice for this week and uh it's will come as no surprise if you follow us on social media because i made a couple videos about it and that is uh rudbeckia fulgida and uh, i believe this one's variety fulgida as well and um i'm i'm gonna be honest i've seen that forever and i've never once asked What's the difference between Rutabecchia <laughs> fulgida and Rutabecchia, Rutabecchia fulgida variety fulgida? Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah, I don't. Oh, I don't. I don't either. But uh, um, we call it orange coneflower, and uh, and this is where we go back to our warnings about why we don't like to use common names. Um, we like to use the the botanical names is because uh, 
one of the other common names you'll see for it is Black Eyed Susan or Perennial Black Eyed Susan. And um, we call that Rude Becky Hertha. Is, yeah. is our Black Eyed Susan. You know, before I started working here, Rude Becky Effulgida was Black Eyed Susan to me, mm-hmm. not Rude Becky Hertha. So, you know, and that flip flop for me once I started working here. But it is a very odd because there's so many Rude Beckyists yeah. that have that black center. Yeah, I think just across the board, they just get labeled Black Eyed Susan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. and I've heard uh, Rebecca Triloba called Black Eyed Susan. I've heard a bunch yeah. of them called Black Eyed yeah. Susan. And, and that's why we need the botanical. Name. Oh, yeah. Yep. And uh, I even had a, a, a retail customer who had to ask me because I had gotten, um, I work with Pylons Nursery and I work with Sunset Farmstead on plants, and I had some perennial gallons of Rebecca Fulgida. And uh, and on the label it says Black Eyed Susan. <laughs> She's like, yeah. so which one of these is actually the Black Eyed Susans? And which one's the Orange Cone Flower? I'm like, okay, this, this one's what we call Orange Cone Flower, but because it's some of if you buy large smaller sizes, yeah. it's Pounds Nursery larger sizes on it's Sunset Farmstead. So I have to keep both. All right, but, listen, I'm going off topic for a second. <laughs> <laughs> timeline, friend. Timeline. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> but I'm laughing because we're talking about common names. But I got a phone call here at pinelands today and i was referring a customer to you at pinelands mm-hmm. direct and they were really upset they really wanted to buy from us they're lo- they're like i'm local i live right down the road i really want to buy from mm-hmm. you and i'm like well you can't because we're wholesale to the trade only but you can buy from pinelands direct you know and it, i'm like just curious before i give you the information what are you looking for <laughs> and she said japanese barberry oh gosh and, and i was <laughs> my my soul cried (laughs) it shrunk a little bit and they just cried because this is someone that wanted to buy from us they 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 were so bent on buying from Mm -hmm. us and they they don't even know what we do or that what they want was was wrong that's how you create loyal customers that's yeah (laughs) (laughs) but go going back to the rudbeckia um it's a facultative plant, so it, it can live in some uh, wetlands, but it, typically you find it half in wetlands, half not. Uh, it can take some drier conditions. That's what we found as well. It grows to two to three feet tall. I've mm-hmm. seen reports where it gets taller. I'm sure there's uh, probably cultivars that get taller than that, but I, I've most seen of the time it. it's it's I, in that two to three foot range. I, I'd say that's fair. Uh, and But one of the reasons why it's been up on our social media so much is because it has a super vibrant and long bloom time from like july to september it'll bloom for a long time and it's got a ton of blooms and it's got a stalk which is good yes. for cut flowers yep. so if you wanted to cut flowers that one's much better than some of the other rudbeckia yeah. for cut flowers and while not like we're, we're privileged to be have all our seed fields and have all the stuff blooming kind of next to each other so you can see oh well compared to the monarda punctata there are nowhere near as many pollinators on this there's still a ton of pollinators yeah. that are on the the rebecca fulger too we yeah. said i was out there today and saw all kinds of bees and monarchs and all kinds yeah. of stuff on it so but it's such a classic native flower yeah. that it's the kind and one of the reasons i included it because we have posted about it a ton on social media and i with these picks i like to pick some more i don't want to say obscure stuff but stuff yeah. that's more outside the box and not what people are thinking yeah one of the reasons I picked this one in particular this week was it's a great plant to have in your garden that people, when they come over, they're going to see it and say, ooh, I want one of those. And then you can tie them, oh, that's a native plant. And here's some other native plants. You can kind of use it as a conversation starter yeah. and uh, that, like gateway drug is like we say. Uh, exactly. So. Exactly. No, it's a great gateway gateway plant. Um, one thing we do have to do is start keeping a list of what oh, we've yeah. used. Because I could have sworn we used this within the last month. <laughs> it, it's becoming work at this point. I can't remember. <laughs> we've done enough of these now yeah. that I don't remember. And what because we've of we posted this on social media so much, I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe I should do U- one of the Ubatoriums. I'm like, I think Fran did one <laughs> not so long ago. Yeah. I was looking at Viburnum Tatum, but I think we did that one. I think we have. Uh, yes. Yeah, someone, someone probably has a list someplace. And if you have that list and you can send it to us, we will give you, uh, uh, I guess, a T-shirt. Yeah. We have things that we oh, can give away. Oh, yeah. Now. Okay. You know, so. you know, the funny thing is, at this point, I feel like we've done everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm, at this point, I'm like, didn't we do all of them? I, I don't know. But, but I, great choices. Yeah. Great choices. Oh, yeah. Some great plants to add to your native garden. If you're in the Mid-Atlantic, that's uh, – and I should have said with the Rebecca Fulgia, the New Jersey is – it's kind of a rare plant in New Jersey and PA tech. Like if you yeah. look at the Bone App map, um, and Bone App is Biota of North America project. Um, we've said it before, but I want to. If any new listeners, I want to remind you of that. 
Uh, that's what I use for a lot of my native ranges on stuff because yeah. it gives you a little bit more detail than USDA does. And um, but it tends to it's much more common throughout the Midwest and Southeast. But yeah. New Jersey and PA seem to be its northern reach. You'll find it here yeah. just because it's been planted here. That's a pretty common garden plant oh, yeah. native yeah. you know whether people realize it's a native or not mm -hmm. it's pretty commonly used yeah. which i love yeah so well moving on let's get ready for this week's botany based current events and of course it is a competition <laughs> uh fran you're frowning i'm smiling <laughs> so let's move along to this or that you can get with this or you can get with that all right to much dismay i i have to announce a winner and Again, you've been on a roll like eight to seven. Now, it was close. Now, it, last week I won because of a, a it rock, paper, rock scissors. paper scissors. When I looked on the Facebook group just before we got on, yeah. it had us at eight to eight. Oh, so this is a live thing, so, and I don't necessarily want to do rock, paper, scissors again. All right, so um, and this may be an episode of bad podcast. All right, how about how about this? I'm thinking of a number between one and five. <laughs> I had a, I had a different idea. I was going to say, do you want to bring uh, our our coworker Kelsey in to kind of just speak in the microphone and pick one of us? Yeah, hold on, I'll go get her. All right, Keep the yeah. <laughs> so this is this is un, unseen footage from ever happening before. We have never done this ever before. Brought a live sure. guest on the phone. Oh, she's not here. Teresa, do you have a moment? So. We're uh, we're going with our backup now, okay. and uh, and we can't even do the backup. All right. <laughs> Where's Kelsey at? She's All right. Okay. All right. It was a bad idea. Yeah. Have her not. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna put this on hold. Who who the actual winner of last week or two weeks episode episode sixty five was? We're gonna so put that on hold. Two weeks in a row. Actually, at one point I was up five to nothing. And then you went up eight to five like that. And yeah. I was like, man, I can't catch a break. I think this is, um, I think, I think our listeners are kind of conspiring to do this to us. Yeah, I think, <laughs> you know, I, I do too. I do too. In fact, but, I would say I know that they're conspiring <laughs> to do this to us. I don't think it's, I They I don't want to pick. Yeah. They, they want it to be a tie. And you know what? It's, there's going to be a winner, whether they pick a winner or not, we're going to have yeah. a winner. There so, has to be. Let's. Let's present this week's articles. And since so we don't have a winner, we're just going to have you go first. Okay, that's, that's um, and fine. And then we'll do this week's. And when Kelsey gets here, then she will pick one for okay. us live. Who won? Per perfect. Yeah. And and I kind of alluded to what mine was in the last episode with the Friends of High School Park. And the name of the article is Invasive Plants Are Still for Sale as Garden Ornamentals Research Shows by the University of Massachusetts Amherst on phys.org. Um, again, I've highlighted a few. This was actually a much larger um uh, article I've highlighted a few passages just to get the point across. Uh, results of a new study by ecologists at the University of Massachusetts Amherst show that 1,330 nurseries, garden centers, and online retailers are still offering hundreds of invasive plant species as ornamental garden plants. This includes 20 species that are illegal to grow or sell nationwide. The study in uh, Invaders for Sale, the ongoing spread of invasive species by the plant trade industry, published in Frontiers in Ecology and Environment, shows that the existing regulatory or ethical guidelines do not serve to limit the widespread, ugh, widespread introduction of invasive plants, and that more than 60% of the 1,285 plants identified as invasive remain for sale. Uh, once we've recognized that an ornamental plant can be invasive, we would hope that commercial sales of the species would stop, says lead author Evelyn M. Bury, a graduate student in or organism or, or, you got to help me there. Now, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm letting you go or, through this organ, on your own. <laughs> organismic, organismic and evolutionary biology at UMass. But our findings show that our current framework for removing invasive plants from the plant trade isn't working. States are generally doing a good job limiting sales of their own regulated plants, but we found major inconsistencies in which. Uh, what's being regulated across state borders. Nearly all states had at least one of their regulated plants sold in a neighboring state. Oh, oh uh, hold on. We'll put it on pause. I'll put it on pause. Kelsey, come in. <laughs> yes, sir. Come in and close the door. I don't know if I approve of this. You are live on air. I don't this is our, our this is our coworker Kelsey. And you, you will have to talk in the microphone a little bit. So, uh, so I'm going to move over. So no, I don't think I was asked yeah. this first. Well, all right. So we. <laughs> 
<laughs> everything is going everything's, wrong today. Everything's wrong today. You don't can, look at the man behind yeah. the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> everything so, I've ever touched breaks. Yeah, for All those right. of you who aren't watching, Fran typically has a green screen behind him, which is no, no longer there. It's because... been knocked over, so you can see what's what's really behind me. But so Tom and I, we Kelsey doesn't listen to the podcast, no. so she no. has no idea. I've heard like the first two. All yeah. right, we're on number 67. Oh, oh. <laughs> before you guys came. All right, so we do this or that where we each present an article, mm -hmm. and then our listeners on our Facebook uh, page vote for a winner. So last week, or the last time, it was a tie, and Tom and I did rock, paper, scissors to pick a winner. In well, which I won. You and Tom won. Oh, I, really? Tom yeah. won this. Wow. So you know, because I don't have practice against Tom, I had to, I couldn't get into his head yeah. on one rock paper scissors. Yeah, we're tied today, you know. We are tied today. So we want you to pick a winner, and there's no strategy. You just get to lean well, into the mic. I was gonna say what the articles were. Okay. And all right. so Fran's article was. Because this uh, is almost unfair. Because I like Tom more than you. Yeah. I know. I know. Fran's article was uh, that solar was emerging as a threat to oh, farmland preservation. Maybe we should have told her the articles without telling her who they were. By. Who picked okay, them. so the one article <laughs> was that solar farms are a threat to farmland preservation. Okay, and then uh, the the like better article, panels? in my opinion, yeah. was um, that bipart there was a bipartisan infrastructure bill that includes 250 million for invasive plant programs that just went through the to remove the, invasive plants. Yeah. yeah, and that was um, part of that federal infrastructure bill that just got pushed through. So federal money to remove invasive plants or realizing that we're killing some of our best agricultural land you as a farmer would understand that <laughs> for solar solar fields i have to go with the solar fields as my choice because i hate solar panels because they are they're ruining all the farmland and all the environment and i'm so, so against it so you're against renewable energy <laughs> is what you're saying it takes so much energy to make those it really does it yeah. does if you look yeah. at the research, what it takes to make those solar panels, it's doing so much damage. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's taking prime farmland, and you as a farmer realize how hard it is to get yeah. ideal farmland. And yeah. all that good soil. And you can't take it back. Waste. Yeah. So, And that's what, what we discussed uh, with your article last yeah. time, was that when you take that away, it, like, well, I guess what I should say is there's better more expensive but better places that are dual use like yes. parking lots warehouse roofs those kind of right. places but they it's don't already wanna, used it's already in, impervious surface but do they, it there they don't want to invest that money because they want to take the easy way hey here's some flat land i'm just going to put it here and it's easy right all right that's it all right i win good this i good. no solar panel it was a little rocky but this worked too, this uh right. this yeah. this live next time next time we have to pick a winner we don't say whose article is who yeah we'll just say what the two articles are but that was yours, and I still picked it, so that didn't really matter. I'm shocked. <laughs> I'll bring you a coffee tomorrow. Yeah. Ooh. Actually, All right. I have off tomorrow. Thank you, Kelsey. Everyone, <laughs> give Kelsey a round of a hand, or Ooh. round of applause, a round of a <laughs> hand. Round of a hand. I'll take one hand. That's fine. <laughs> All right. So, uh, All right. Thank you very much. We'll see you soon. Strip. Thank you. All right. So I'm going to pick to go first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. Um, I'll pick up where I left off. We've known for decades that many gardening and landscaping plants are invasive, adds Bethany Bradley, senior author and professor of environmental conservation at UMass, but we've done little to stop propagating them, and we can do better. Uh, the most concerning case of federally designated noxious weed sales, Beery and colleagues say, is the availability of Congo grass uh, or Congan grass, which is Imperata cylindrica. Yeah, I was going to say, why are you even no, saying the common name? Just yeah, say the botanical. Imperata cylindrica rubra, which is uh, red red barren grass or Japanese mm -hmm. uh, blood grass is another common name for it. Uh, and we've known, I've known that plant's invasive since the mid-90s. Mm -hmm. um, it's offered by 33 vendors in set 17 states and is labeled as one of the world's most invasive plants. This is tricky case says Beery because plant breeders are marketing a sterile cultivar but research shows these plants are not completely sterile and can still become invasive so this is something we've been saying for episodes and oh, episodes yeah. Yeah. it's that we know they're invasive they're banned but growers want the money because they know they can sell it like i mm -hmm. just said someone called today asking for japanese barberry we know that's invasive yeah. delaware has banned yeah. it um but yet uh, pennsylvania just put it on an, in an invasive list and um and i was talking to a friend of ours today who were we, and we were talking about how that just got put on the list 
And uh, he's like, yeah, and they wanted to put uh, calorie pear on too, but the fruit growers in Western PA protested against it because they use it to help pollinate. Yeah, <laughs> and, and like, that's it, it, oh. and it, it's crazy because it's, they don't care. It's about yeah. business and money. It doesn't care what it does to the environment. Yeah. So it, it's just ridiculous to me that these plants can still be, you know what? Like anything else, start a task force. Go into these places. Like I went into the Home Depot and Lowe's that are right by my house. They both have Japanese barberry, mm-hmm. and they both have burning bush, yeah. yeah, which shouldn't be. That means there's people growing it. They probably have it from multiple. Mm-hmm. There's multiple people growing it. Yep. We know we've known it's invasive, but it doesn't stop. And that's a lot of nurseries in a lot of states growing a lot of bad plants. Yeah. And that's what I was getting at last last episode with the 250 million dollars towards in place invasive plant removal that's only putting a band-aid on it we have to stop it Mm -hmm. on the front end and it needs to stop but it's it's not so yeah and it's if you aren't aware of invasive plants just walk through your your local housing development and you'll you'll see them all there and then walk through your local patch of woods and you'll see them there too and now you know where they're coming from yeah it's uh they're just so common and it's uh becomes part of the cookie cutter which actually goes really well into my article as a great segue because we don't necessarily want that that cookie cutter and and my article was uh was actually by our one of our arch nemesis margaret roach do you know uh, who that is? I do know who Margaret, <laughs> Margaret Roach is. Uh, what's she, the host of a po- another podcast another, called The Way to Garden. Yeah. Um, she's not a nemesis. No, no. She's, she, I'm just she, joking. She, she, <laughs> no, I, I, she does some really the, fantastic stuff. We're going to start throwing shade at Margaret Roach. <laughs> Get a little ecology war going here. But And I'm sure many of you saw this article because it was getting shared all over the place. came out in the New York Times uh, now, just, just a gonna, week ago. It's New York Times, so is it going to have a firewall? Do I sense it, a wind? So it did a on wind? my phone. If okay. you go – was this is part of my my All pitch right. here okay i went on my phone firewall go on my desktop no firewall so if you can't if at first you cannot open it try a different uh a different Listen, browser if at first you can't open it vote for fran <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of one of the best uh, pieces of advice i forgot and that's if at first you don't succeed maybe skydiving isn't for you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, it's going to be one of those episodes. All right, we got to we got to we got to keep. Anyway, keep on so this just came out in the New York Times about a week ago, and it was called "Your Garden May Be Pretty, But Is It Ecologically Sound?" Uh, like I said, by Margaret Roach, and uh, she was profiling a lot of uh, a fellow named Daryl Morrison, who she called an el- an elder statements an elder statesman of the ecological landscaping movement, um, and he offered a lot of advice that she then profiled in this this article. And um, a lot of it was about merging ecology with design. And uh, and what one of the lines was, native plant communities provide the logical starting point for designing beautiful, functioning, regional landscapes, Mr. Morrison writes, crediting the idea to the groundbreaking 1929 book by Edith A. Roberts and Elsa Raymond, uh, I'm guessing. Um, and that title of that book was American Plants for American Gardens, which a colleague introduced to him in the 60s. Um, and he really... The main point I wanted to highlight from this, it's a very long article, a lot of good stuff. I recommend that if you haven't read it, go and read it because um, it just it gives you a lot of more perspective about gardening with native plants. And uh, But Morrison had four principles to design by, and I'll, I'll read them here. Uh, in his teaching, as in his own practice, Mr. Morrison keeps four goals in mind. The four characteristics of, of a successful landscape design. First, it must be ecologically or environmentally sound, meaning that it has a level of natural diversity that will provide resilience against climate change. Uh, his quote, the species in the landscape must be adapted to the site and region and hence not require a lot of support like watering or applying poisons to the earth, he said. It also means we do not introduce non-native invasives that will diminish the diversity. Um, second, a landscape must also be uh, experientially rich beyond the hum- or beyond the visual dimension. This means considering the non-visual aspects, the feel of the wind, the aroma of the tra- prairie drop seed. Uh, one aroma you probably don't want is uh, Penstemon digitalis <laughs> because right now it smells like wet dog. Um, but again, that creates a, a uh, an experience when you yeah. smell that. You're like, oh, that's kind of an interesting smell, or, or wet viburnum leaves. They <laughs> have an interesting smell, and it it kind of creates a a memory in a way um uh where was i uh he said the other forms of life too the bees the butterflies that move through it uh for or third a design must likewise be of place 
averting the fate uh, conjured in a favorite quote when you have the standardized landscapes with the same plants all irrigated and on artificial support there is no there there uh, meaning there's no sense of place mm. there uh, he said borrowing from Gertrude Stein a native landscape gives you a clue of where you are and you should know if you're in Des Moines or Connecticut I, I think and that's a fantastic that, point that was tying into your last article yeah you go into a housing development everyone's got the same plants yeah it's it's I don't get it. <laughs> Why a lot of so many people wanted to be different. They drive different cars. They want to have different clothes. They want to have the newest fashion. Have this stuff, and you. There's so much variety out there. You can have something completely different from your neighbor. Be helping the environment. Be helping the earth, and uh, and they can do the same thing. And they'll they have their own differences, you know. And a lot of people don't care. What's a shame is you go into some oh, yeah. of these developments. Yeah. It's what the contractor was able yeah. to get at a decent price from a yeah. local wholesaler and just. You know, it's a package deal that they put in that some people just don't care, and they're yeah. they're fine with that. And the the last of his four tenants there was uh, last a landscape must be dynamic, changing over time. We spend all kinds of effort to keep our landscape looking the same, mowed and clipped and unchanged. Uh, Mr. Morrison said, "You are missing out by doing that, missing out on the change from one growing season to another and over time, which that is just such a magical portion, especially." Um, we have some listeners who've been sharing pictures of their meadows. Yeah. Uh, native meadows really change over the years. That first year is is uh, what's what's the phrase? It's first you for first they creep or first they sleep, then they creep, then they leap. Yeah. And um, I was gonna say first you sow, then they grow, then you <laughs> mow. I don't know. <laughs> no. First first they sleep, then they creep, then they leap. And it's that first year. Yeah, you're not gonna really have a lot of color. You'll get a, some some good grasses, maybe some rubecchia, maybe some monarda. The next year, that's when you're going to get a big burst of those like early successional forbs. Yeah. Um, but that first year is a lot of grasses. Then you get your early successional forbs, and then over time, you're going to have things like baptisia pop up and some some other species that take a little bit longer to germinate or a little bit slower to grow. And uh, yeah, those meadows really change over a period of ten years. If you took pictures each year, it would look like a different on the same day. You would, it would look different year to year. Yeah. And that's a big part of the experience is seeing things grow and seeing things mature one of my favorite memories at our, our place in new york is i planted a bunch of white pines along the the border and i planted them when they were maybe two feet tall and now they're like 15 or 16 feet tall and it's just like man i remember planting those and i remember each time coming back seeing they're a little bit taller and it's a rewarding experience seeing those changes over time i love seeing the atlantic white cedar uh hedgerow that we planted yeah. along the road you oh, know yeah. and how that's changed over time that's it's it's wonderful to to be a part of that growth yeah so totally that's so, a great no, it's article. A, and th like i said there's a lot more in that article that's just what i highlighted is really only a, a small section of it but um those were really really impactful tenants that we've said much less eloquently on our podcast uh through the 67 episodes <laughs> so, <laughs> so but yeah it's it's there's so many rewards to gardening with native plants or just using native plants in any application um and it's more than rewarding for just us. There, yeah. There's rewards for our water, our, our wildlife, everything really. It's it's and rewarding down the line. Yeah, it doesn't just stop at our our property line. No, so. at that great article. I think both articles are great article. I don't know who I'd vote for if yeah, I were so on the outside. Just uh, make sure to open it up on your browser. <laughs> then yeah. then you should be able to read it. You'll get a thing at the bottom saying to subscribe. But just want to re yeah. remind everyone: if you're a member of the Native Plants Healthy Planet Facebook group, you can vote on your cell phone. <laughs> 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 and but the, you do have to be a member of the group to vote for this. You do, and, and uh, we've hit 500 members. Yes, we have. We've hit 500. Yeah, and, and and it continues to be a wonderful supportive uh environment which yeah. i love to oh, see yeah. so thank you to everyone that's joined and and continues to keep the environment that way oh yeah so wonderful so um we'll have the uh vote we'll make sure we have the vote up or the uh the poll up on friday on facebook group mm -hmm. make sure you vote uh because and of course the choice is yours so we're actually going to breeze through a few things uh you want to do we we have no questions mm -hmm. this week. We have no topic this week. Well, I did kind of have a short topic that I was going to surprise you with. All right, well but let's we'll, let's do, we'll get back to yeah, that. We're so we do, do that later. We do have. There's no complaints this week, mm -hmm. so we're going to do um, listener shoutouts. Once I can find the actual <laughs> listener shoutout drop. Listener, listener shoutout, shoutout. 
so I've gone first the last two segments. Why don't you go? Yeah, you go yeah. First. So my uh, shout out this week was to Kathy Simon, who is a member of the, the Facebook group, and she put up a really nice post um, about one of my favorite places, and that's the the Burlington County Agricultural Center. Yeah, and um, that is a great, great yeah. So I've gone there. Uh, for a lot of their farmers markets, they get a lot of the farmers from Burlington County and have a really, like, really great farmers market. They got live music, they got food there, um, all kinds of arts and crafts stuff, along with some great locally grown produce. And um, and I've even sold some native plants there at their garden expo oh, they awesome. had in the the spring, um, in past years. But um, they also have like a whole uh education series they do there a lot of cooking stuff a lot of like gardening stuff and um but kathy said that they want to do more there with uh native plants and stuff for bees growing plants for bees and butterflies and that kind of stuff so uh so fran i saw you didn't volunteer to help but i'd volunteer i volunteered to help i was was waiting um, for you to say i volunteered you (laughs) (laughs) i almost wrote fran and i'll help but i'm like i probably shouldn't he's got a lot going on i probably shouldn't throw i um i don't know that i saw that 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 post maybe i missed it <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but um and kathy if you need some more recommendations i don't want to to volunteer other people but i can give you some other people if you contact us i can give you some other recommendations for people who would probably be better um uh, or at least more knowledgeable presenters than fran and i would so there's uh, some great names that come to mind but i don't want to say oh yeah they'll do it because i can't speak for yeah. them you know i'm no longer a burlington county resident that's true yeah, yeah. Does that exclude me? I don't think so. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think that means you have to do twice as much. <laughs> I, I'm not saying what county I am now a resident of so I don't get pulled in there. Yeah. <laughs> so um, my my pick for a listener shout-out is Phil Perhamus of uh, Woods. And, you know, Phil has been a customer of ours throughout the years, and he had reached out to me um, last week about land that they're managing in uh, northern New Jersey and mentioned he he they were looking at investing in natives aggressive natives to outcompete some of the invasives that they've been dealing with um, because it's a smaller staff and it's it's a lot to deal with and that's where I got the idea for my my plant that that's hot so mm-hmm. um, you know and Phil and I had an email exchange back and forth and then afterwards he was like you know I should mention, I, I listen to the podcast. I've been a listener. Um, I started from the beginning, and I'm only, you know, I'm, I think he was, said he was at mid-July, so he's probably caught up at this point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and that another one of our listeners uh, and former guests had referred the podcast to him, and he's been loving it and said that we he felt that we were doing a great job. So we really appreciate the feedback. Oh, it was unsolicited, and, and thank you so much. Um, and it's great that it's one of our customers too that yeah. that oh, yeah. we get to have the interaction with, and it, it's sparking more conversation, kind of flowing over to the podcast. So, mm-hmm. uh, Phil, thank you. That was wonderful. We we really appreciate that. So, too great. Yeah. Oh yeah. And we could have. There were so many people I to know. pick from. It's it's getting harder and harder to pick. It is. That's why we have to have more and more podcasts yeah. <laughs> so that we can keep keep doing listener yeah. shout outs. So. Um, so you said you had a, yeah, a surprise I got a, topic. So you did so well with my like my spur of the moment question at the beginning of our last episode on why I was your best friend. Can I, which you did not answer the way I was expecting. No, actually, <laughs> you know what? I had I thought about that afterwards, and I was like, you know, it's funny because if someone were to have asked me that off the podcast, I would have said. I think it was the phrase I would have said Agatha's my best friend. I was just saying maybe yeah, maybe say your fiance. Yeah, my fiance. <laughs> Agatha's my best friend and she would say I'm her best friend, but I think that's a given. You know what I mean? Like I think that's in a relationship that's the way it should be. I'm sure Melissa's your best friend. Oh yeah. And 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 she would say the same about you. So I just felt like that was a given and I went cuz you were like say why I'm your best friend. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, yeah. no, nah, who would but then then I started thinking I'm like who would I say is my best friend because that's yeah. not something yeah, it was really just supposed to be like a, a you were supposed to say, oh, you would be better of a friend if you supplied more alcoholic <laughs> drinks. That was what the answer was. It was supposed to be. But we, we, I, I was discussed it before. But you know, the then, question the, completely yeah. <laughs> caught me off guard and I didn't know how to answer. Yeah. So I have an, another question for you. All right. Here we um, go off track. No, you got def- a drink for me? Definitely not going to. No, no, <laughs> no, no drink. But uh, it's what. Well, originally it was going to be what podcast do you listen to but i might change it a little bit and say what what are some places you go to to relax um 
not not necessarily go away, but like go to relax, go to clear your mind, go to learn those kind of things. That's the the answer I'm more looking for. All right, you know, podcasts. You might be surprised that I don't really listen to any industry podcasts mm-hmm. because I kind of when I listen to podcasts, I'm I'm trying to, I think, get a break from it. Not saying that mm-hmm. I distance myself yeah. from it or I don't like it. It's a part of it, and I do listen to them. But like, I tend to listen to comedy podcast like i'm not a true crime person or that like you know probably my my number one podcast is conan o'brien needs a friend because Mm -hmm. i i like some of those interviews where people are having real conversations it's not a five minute Mm -hmm. interview where they're pushing something they're having i like when you get to learn something about the industry and 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 the person themselves so believe it or not like little uh (laughs) <laughs> I'm not secret, but like I one of my favorite shows, I know this is gonna sound absurd, is uh the the Broken Skull Sessions with Steve Austin on on the WWE yeah. network. Because yeah. as a kid he has on all these wrestlers that I watched as a kid mm-hmm. talking about what life was like as a wrestler and the dichotomy of people not not wanting people to know who they really were because back then you kept that hidden because if you were healed you wanted them to think you were a bad person so it was like or or the injuries that they worked through i kind of enjoy like when they peel back the curtain and you get to Mm -hmm. you know but anyway places that i relax you know i i'd say my number one is my backyard which is Mm -hmm. Like I get lost, like I can go out there and I can sit and relax or I I notice something different every time um, I'm out there and I can do work and just kind of get – I get lost. It becomes another world to me. So my backyard actually butts up to a natural area Mm -hmm. and you you start noticing the wildlife and – uh, we've been planting native plants over the last couple of years. So what's it? Attri- you know, we we finally got hummingbirds on our cardinal flower. You yeah. know, and that was yep. a huge, huge deal for us. Um, so that is a big one. Um, but beyond that, like Agatha and I like to do a lot of hikes. There's mm-hmm. a place in in South Jersey called Blueberry Hill that we we like to visit a lot. Like that's one of our go to places. Like let's go to Blueberry Hill and take mm-hmm. a hike. So uh, Cedar Run. Uh, is another one that we go to a lot that you know we just we walk we might talk a little bit but we just kind of go and chill out and just you know i really find that connection with nature is something that's been lost over time that i'm just really finding again that that's that's where i i feel at home like that's yeah. where i go oh, yeah. and relax so how about you did i did i answer that the way oh you yeah no, okay. definitely definitely no i so i listen to a bunch of podcasts i'm uh it's probably one of my flaws to be honest is i I feel like if I'm not listening, like I, I really don't even listen that much music anymore because it's so much time is spent listening to podcasts because I learn so much. And it's like, okay, I'm washing the dishes or I'm mowing the lawn, but I'm also doing this and, and learning. Yeah. And that's why I started listening to some audiobooks too. Um, but uh, one of the ones I like, I listen to a lot of the Media Network podcasts because yeah. it's more, f- there's a lot going to, uh, Legis- it's not just like hunting and fishing stuff. It's yeah. like legislation and and things to look out for that way. Um, there's a lot of like ethics and environmental ethics that is tied into it. Uh, there's some fun stuff too. But do you, do you feel like part of the reason that I don't listen to a lot of industry podcasts is because I don't want to be influenced? Mm-hmm. Because I feel like if I listen and hear what other people are doing. I'm going to either want to try to incorporate it. Like you can subconsciously copy it. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I don't I, – I try to distance myself because I don't want to know what they're doing because mm-hmm. I kind of feel like this is in a bubble and we're creating it without that influence. And yeah, I'm afraid yeah. to let it creep in. But I do listen – like I listen to Darren's podcast. Mm-hmm. They're just not as frequent as some of the other podcasts. Yeah. Yeah, and I like honestly, I don't listen to a lot of industry podcasts – regularly yeah it's more like oh my, my regular slate's done i need something to listen to i got extra stuff going on I'll, then i've listened to a bunch of darren's podcasts that's yeah. um growing with nature yeah. i've listened to um backyard ecology which actually russ finari i'd heard about it and mm-hmm. i i didn't 
recognize the person. Russ Finari, former guest, had told me, oh, yeah, I've been listening to this, and I really like it. So I've listened to a handful of those, and I've listened to probably the most out of all of is uh, the Native Plant Podcast with okay. also former guest John yeah. McGee. Yeah. I do listen um, to In Defense of Plants. You yeah, know, I listen but to In I Defense of Plants really every once in a while. through to find something that is in my yeah, palate. Yeah, exactly. I pick yeah. out the ones that are really sound interesting to me. Um, a podcast I'd recommend that I, I listen to a little bit more is called Land and Legacy. Okay. And um, that's it's it's wildlife focused, but so much of it. Ro- the reason I listened to it is because I saw um, Dr. Dwayne Estes from Southeastern mm-hmm. Grasslands Initiative on LinkedIn. He put up that he was on it, and I was like, "Oh, this is pretty cool." So I listened to that episode, that, which is the reason we have our podcast. I've yeah. said that before because I'm like, "Oh, why the heck aren't we doing <laughs> doing this?" Yeah. And um, and then I kept listening to their episodes because I'm like, "Oh, there's a lot of cool stuff here." They were, had a guy from Pure Native Seed on there, which I we we had a relationship. Yeah. I knew some of the people there, and um, and just kind of list. I kept listening because there's so much about habitat management, and so much of what they're saying just boils down to native plants, yeah. and uh, and talking about ideas. I'm like, oh man, that's something we could talk like. Kind of, they're talking about it from a wildlife perspective. We can talk about it from a garden perspective yeah. and kind of do the same thing. But it's a really good idea. Just reframe it for for how we're talking about things. So I've really learned a lot if you want to do if you have a little bit more property and want to do some land management um that's a good one to get started because they talk about how how to safely use fire yeah how to safely cut down trees and thin brush and get rid of invasives they talk a lot about that awesome again from a wildlife perspective we're trying to build wildlife habitat but wildlife habitat is great pollinator habitat great native habitats in a lot of cases and that's their their main framework um some of the other ones that are more for pleasure is I listen to a, a podcast called The Daily Dad, which is a sister, well, I don't want to say sister podcast, but they have another one called The Daily Stoic, which is like three minutes a day. It's just like a quick meditation that's taken from the Stoics and, oh, that's and very um, cool. or some of the, the great literary people from our past and just quick little stories about how to uh, raise your kids, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then I always like that the the way I heard it with Mike Rowe. That That's some just really thought provoking stories. Now he expands on them a little bit more. That and but. what I like about that one is some of them are really short. So if you only have fifteen or twenty minutes, you can listen to one oh, and, yeah. and get yeah. through it. You know, another one I, I did mention that I, I like to listen to is Working It Out with Mike Berbiglia, mm-hmm. which who's a comedian, but they kinda let you in on the the writing process of their jokes and, and he'll have a guest on and they'll throw some bits that they're working on for their upcoming specials and they give each other advice on how to tweak it or make it better or if it doesn't work yeah, or if it yeah. works and why. So I kind of, you know, again, it's one of those behind the scenes stuff. Like I like to know how things work. Yeah. Like I like to dissect it and I like when they kind of let you in on that process. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there's um, there's a whole, there's so much other stuff out there that I like just kind of glance at. Or I, Another one I listen to when I have enough time to is a... Um, one we've talked about a bunch called completely arbitrary yeah which that's yeah. a lot of fun the first time i listened to them, like, these guys are off a wall these guys are crazy <laughs> yeah. i don't know if i like this but the more i listen to it uh coming from the native plant lens i'm like oh why the hell are they talking about all this non-native stuff yeah. but when i started listening to it they have an episode on calorie parrot talking about how bad calorie parrot is yeah. and they have a episode on on uh arborvitaes talking about how much they don't like arborvitaes and um but that's a really neat matchup uh with and with the the one of the co-hosts doesn't know anything about trees and the other one is an arborist for for uh i think the city of portland and the, yeah i was gonna say that's they're, they're west too. coast based yeah so, so yeah no, but that's i listen to a ton of podcasts and those are some of the ones i listen to i wish there was more on youtube of, about native plants yeah. not that i'm i'm not obsessed with native plants i just love the crossover with my other hobbies with getting outside with hunting with fishing with those kind of things that's where a lot of my stuff falls um I know what's it called? Uh, the guy I always pronounces his last name wrong. Kyle, I, I don't know if it's Liberger or Liberger. Yeah. It's one of the two. Someone I want to have on our, our podcast soon, but um, his TikTok is freaking. He has like ninety thousand followers. Wow. It's insane. But that's he's a great res- uh, resource for information too, especially in the southeast. And he's um, putting a lot of it on Facebook now too, yeah. which is it's great for people who don't use TikTok like me. I, I have to tell you, one of my favorite podcast of all time which was just a limited series was one that you told me about knowing that i'm a music fan oh yeah was winds of change yeah that was a cool one which was based yeah. on did the fbi or the cia ha- write yeah. the song winds of change for the scorpion in order to bring down communism yeah 
And, you know, I actually had a tie in that story. (laughs) (laughs) That could be another secret for another day, but I had a tie in that story because they talk about this massive drug bust in the late 80s. And Fran was in the middle of it. No, well, (laughs) my girlfriend's father at the time was... You don't want to ruin the secret uh, (laughs) (laughs) was Was part of that bust, but it's... You know, it's like, oh, I actually know about this because of this. Oh, yeah. Like, wow, I have a tie to this story. So, yeah. yeah, that was one I I listened to it, and then I recommended it to Fran, and then like I'd come into work every day and say, hey, Fran, did you listen to this yet? And he'd be like, oh, I'm like 20 minutes in. Well, you got to finish it so we can talk about yeah, it. Yeah, no, that's a, it was a great it. one. It was a great one. So, but, uh, how, about, how about places that you go? Where do you like to go to relax? Places I go. Um, oh, honestly, this is a bad answer, but on my lawnmower, I yeah. really relax on there, and um. A lot of it's like thinking, oh yeah, I could put <laughs> this this grass I just mowed. I could put native plants here. Yeah. Um, I could expand my garden, which I don't need to expand my garden yet. I need to get my current garden uh, a little bit more under control, yeah. and um, and a little less wild and full of of things I don't want there. Um, but uh, yeah, doing that, I've been enjoying my backyard a lot lately. Yeah. Um, That's my, my family, place of refuge. It really yeah. is. Oh yeah. Uh, I love going to our place up in upstate New York in the Adirondacks. That's, that's just a little bit more wild and a little bit more. Although you do see some invasive plants there too. But that's a great. That but, is uh, a great spot. And um, then, uh, as a kid, we always took uh, family vacations up to Maine, like way, way up north in Maine. And um, I haven't been in a handful of years now. But your and, your uh, family just went. and my yeah my my parents just went, and uh, and we're looking at going back next year. I'm I'm interested in going back to a lot of these places. I haven't been in a long time. Now that I have more of an ecological frame of mind, that was one of the things. Growing up, I yeah, there's trees, there's frogs, there's all this stuff, but I didn't understand as much, and I wasn't as interested in as much as I am now. So now it's like, oh, this is this mushroom, and that's why it's important, or this is this tree, and that's why it's important. That would be very. Where before it's just like, oh yeah, I'm walking around looking at. But then you get to you get to introduce Graham to all that stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So I think, hey, that was a great spur of the moment. Oh yeah. We should do that more often. I like the. There's no preparation. It, it's not always going to work yeah. out. That's good. No, no, definitely <laughs> not. But uh, no, something that was one of when we first started the the buzz episodes. That was originally they were going to be a little bit shorter and be like, oh yeah, here's top ten websites to go on to learn about native plants. Yeah. Here's top ten books to read. Yeah. I think that was our first one with yeah. books to read, and one of them was going to be podcasts to listen to other than ours. Yeah. So that was kind of I was like, oh yeah, we haven't. I've always wanted to do something like this, kind of yeah. talk about other things we listen to, um, whether it's plant related or not but um that was awesome because we did talk about some plant related stuff some just you know some things that we enjoy to kind of get away from you know sometimes i just need things that gets my brain to stop working yeah (laughs) and i guess that's that's the best way to put it like how do you shut your brain off and some of these things if 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 i'm doing industry related my brain's not shutting off yeah so, so speaking of books and yeah. specifically audiobooks, I did not come up with a theme music for for grow read a book, but I do have a book All that right, I want to briefly talk about this week. I listened to this one about um, probably two months ago now, so I'm not as completely not everything's coming to mind as fast as it once was. But uh, but I mentioned it the last time we talked about this, and that was a book called The Hidden Life of Trees by uh, Peter Wolleben. Okay, uh, and I, he's Swedish, Finnish. I, I He's don't know. Some Scandinavian, okay. I'll, I'll put it that way. Um, and he was an arborist in Scandinavia. And he always researched or looked at the trees, but then he really started to research the trees and read other people's research about trees and wrote a book about explaining a lot of these concept relation or complex relationships between trees. Um, not And not just like a hemlock tree and another hemlock tree, but how a, a hemlock might... Uh, interact with something in the understory yeah. and those kind of things and even fungal relationships and it's a really interesting read uh, or listen because he goes into some of those really complex relationships and the research behind them and how they're finding out well a lot of times trees will even help each other because they're all really connected at the roots yeah. they're not physically connected but the roots are touching and they'll actually share energy sometimes yeah. and um, there was a uh, a example that that he put in there about how some trees in africa when a giraffe starts to eat on them will start to send like a bitter taste to their leaves at the speed of water which is like a third of an inch a minute or something like that but um 
it's it'll use the the water and send that bitter taste so the giraffe will stop eating it meanwhile they're actually sending something through the roots to the other trees around it kind of notify it that the giraffe is eating it and to also send out that bitter taste wow and uh and that's what turf grass does too right the, the smell of fresh yeah, cut yeah. lawn is a defense mechanism mm-hmm. like hey there's danger coming yeah and um and even how sometimes like they can summon insects to attack other insects and and let other plants know that they're being yeah. attacked by insects all kinds of stuff like that the one turn off for me and it's just it's more of a me thing a lot of people probably really yeah. into it but it's a turn off for me is there was so much anthropomorphism in it okay and how how like trees love and, and trees feel yeah. and all that stuff and i'm like it's i get what you're trying to say but they don't they don't do it the same way we do it yeah um there's different coding there they're, yeah. they are doing these things but it's not out of love it's not out of of caring it's for other out of survival yeah it's other things going on it's not like they don't have complex brains so okay. and that was that was like the, it open. starts off so much like that and i'm like oh i'm not gonna like o- this book open up your heart tom yeah <laughs> open up your heart let the love in i don't know let the love i guess in. i'm i like scientific writing <laughs> better <laughs> but it was just yeah it was very anthropomorphic and very touchy-feely from the get-go yeah. and it just gave me the entire time I'm like okay this is this is oh that's interesting but how much uh how much of it is true how much is it not I, I think a lot of it is actually it, real but this is a book that's on my yeah. my reading list I just haven't gotten to I'm hoping mm-hmm. as things calm down for me over the next couple of weeks that maybe this yeah. is one no it was it was very good a lot of really great information I wish I remembered more examples right now but um it's something I would recommend other people listen to, awesome. especially if you, if you don't get turned off by that anthropomorphism of, of plants and animals. Awesome. Um, because then you'll really get way more out of it than I did because I was always – I just felt skeptical the entire time I was listening. But, uh, but no, there's a lot of really interesting studies that were awesome. re- referenced well, in there. Well, now that I have a longer commute yeah. to work, maybe yeah. maybe I'll try to, the audio books. Yeah. Even talked about invasive plants in there, I think. Really? If I'm remembering properly, yeah. So. All right, all right, awesome. I, that that's a great that's a great summary of that. That's definitely I'm interested. Yeah. I'm interested. You want to do a pod deck? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let me see what we got here. Fran is opening up the deck, or yep. it's already open. He's cracking the and doing a quick shuffle. Let me see. Let's see your bridge. That's, that's oh, I'll mess it because I have them. <laughs> what we've done on the other side. Um, discuss a trending topic. I, I don't want to get political. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Discuss the history of your industry. Oh, that's a really interesting one. Can we do it in five minutes or less? I think so. Because we're right now we're at about fifty minutes, like right yeah. around there. Because yep. maybe if we could do it in five minutes, we can keep this. I going could do. Out. I could do trending topic a lot faster than five minutes. But you, you know, I, I I know when when we had on your mother and father, and they talked about starting this nursery. He mentioned uh, your father Don Knezik mentioned. Um, Ed Garbish, mm-hmm. who started Environmental Concern, and I, realistically, I think he was the the founding father of of ecological nurseries. He started Environmental Concern down in uh, St. Michael, Maryland, mm-hmm. and uh, was really one of the the founders of of growing salt marsh species and and why it needed to be done. And I think a lot of our customers worked for for Ed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like some of our customers, that's a lot of a lot of people started there and mm-hmm. kind of found their way into the industry and, and created their own path. But um, I, I would I would have to say there's other people too. Like I know Jim Plyler at at, at um, Natural Landscapes. I mean, he was one of those people that that walked around the woods of North Carolina mm-hmm. looking for rhododendron species that were native that were hard to find and tried to bring them into uh, you know the regular trade and. You know, and a lot of our customers started off with with mm-hmm. Jim too. You know, yeah. and it's it's kind of, and that spawned the whole next generation of the Kinesics, the Jim McKenzies, the Joe Barleys at Clear Ridge, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, I think from there as it kind of grew, then you have Greenbelt Native Nursery mm-hmm. and Carl uh, 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 Alderson. Uh, I think was a part of, of of getting that started. Mm-hmm. Maybe um, you know, and it's kind of from there it. It really branches out and gets, gets. Oh, yeah. You know, you had Ernst Conservation on the seed end, which were really pioneer. Yeah, and uh, it's so. What's interesting, always been interesting to me, is we talk we talk about environmental concern and then Pylons Nursery 
so Pylons Nursery we mentioned before started in 1984 yeah. and um, environmental concern was founded shortly before that but you look at some of these other native nurseries or or some nurseries or seed producers and then when they switch to natives it was all around the same time like there's it, a lot of the ones in the midwest i remember the one started in like 1978 you look at hoffman not yeah. that they're a, a true native nursery yeah. but they do a lot of um like uh eco ecological focused plants yeah well they were founded in i think 1984 1985 1986 yeah. range there was a lot of so, people starting right around the same time yeah. in different parts of the country prairie nursery it was like 19 it was actually older than that because it was neil de bowl there he, yeah. he took over I think I think I heard the story. I can't remember where I, it was. Another podcast. I heard this his story, but he bought it from the previous owner in 1978 yeah. or something like that. So yeah, a lot of them you started know, all even, around the same time. Even Princeton Nurseries, you know, their love was na it was native native flora. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. we we probably did more B and B straight species natives than anyone else, mm -hmm. and all the cultivars came from that. Like yeah. now, we did non natives too, but. We, we probably did more than, than anyone else at the time mm -hmm. when it came to that, you know? So there were a lot of people that had that focus, but maybe weren't a restoration nursery. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of that, you know, some of those names are gone and there's, there's a lot of new ones, you know? But, mm -hmm. you know, back then, I think when the industry started, it was for the love of natives and restoration. And now mm -hmm. it's, it's an opportunity for, for a lot of people. Um, yeah, one of the things I think is actually a, a newer part of it is um, is the the retail garden centers yeah. now the, the the native focused retail end of things that wasn't we've said it before when when my parents started the nursery that wasn't even a thing there was no, no one doing native retail at least on a large scale yeah. or even a medium scale or even probably yeah. even a small scale maybe an extra small scale there were some people doing it but uh yeah, it's really just kind of blown up, and now there's what five, five to ten, just in New Jersey oh, that I easy. I can I can remember. There's yeah. probably even more than that, and uh, and no matter where you are, there's something out there within a few hours, um, and sometimes they're not always the, they're still pretty small, so they're not always the easiest to find. But a no, lot of them are out there. But to me, that's yeah. the future. They're the ones spreading the good message mm -hmm. on why and what and how, not just here's a native. Yeah, that you can yep. find more on a consistent basis. It's people living the lifestyle, explaining, you know, they're growing the circle customer by customer, mm -hmm. which is what we asked for. We just need some of those to become larger so that that circle can get larger. We need yep. more. We just need yep. more. So I think that's that was five minutes of of the beginning oh, yeah. of our industry. Yeah. How's that? Very good. I thought you were going to take it back to like the beginning of horticulture. No, <laughs> all that kind no, of I did. We we said five minutes, so I did the abridged version. Yeah. So I think we did good. Oh yeah. We're at about. We're just under an hour. Perfect. Perfect. So with that, we are wrapping it up. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed listening to the buzz. Thank you everyone for listening to Native Plants Healthy Planet presented by Pines Nursery. We're giving a, a big thank you to RJ Comer for our buzz theme music. Make sure you stream or buy RJ's music on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you consume your music. Follow us on Twitter at Pineland Nursery, Facebook at Pinelands Nursery NJ, Instagram at Pinelands Nursery, or uh, Native Plants underscore Healthy Planet, and YouTube at Pinelands Nursery. Uh, we, this is the first episode in a while. We didn't have any phone calls. So yeah. don't forget about the question and comment line at 215-346-6189. Uh, call, ask a question, or leave a comment. We'll play it on a future episode of The Buzz, and we'll answer your question, or we'll, we'll do a phone a friend or, or try to respond to your comment. Uh, and congratulations on 500 members of the Native Plants uh, Healthy Planet Facebook group. Keep growing that circle and keep the conversation going there. Definitely. That has been like a joy. I haven't been as active as I, I want to be lately but uh me, it's awesome just either. poking my head in seeing everything that's going on i'm like oh this is in good hands yeah <laughs> yeah I oh totally like I, I feel, to, I feel to the same way like i i feel like i don't want to consistently butt in and keep answering because i i'm really enjoying the direction in which it's oh, going yeah, yeah. i feel i'm more of a hindrance at this point <laughs> <laughs> So um, we now have shirts and those shirts are going directly towards uh conservation and um and so super super important for uh that uh that you look at those shirts i start i got sidetracked in my own brain there it's not <laughs> super important that you get yourself a shirt but it goes to a super important cause and that is giving back to 
uh, giving back to a lot of these really great organizations that are doing awesome, awesome work. We are approaching, we're about to hit our $500 first goal for our first round of donations, and we're probably going to be doing that, I'm going to guess, by the next episode. We oh, need that's a awesome. More, more shirts to be purchased I'm, there. I'm really excited about that. So um, you can find those uh if you go to our website, which is www.nativeplantshealthyplant.com, you can find that banner at the top that says T-shirts here. Click on that, and it'll take you to our Teespring store. Um, again, all that money is going to or we have a dog attacking our Yeah, door. <laughs> and we have a new new member of the family attacking the door right but, now. Uh, so, all, again, all that money is going to – or all the, the profits we generate from that are going to donations to a lot of these organizations that are doing awesome work that we're having on the podcast. Uh, you can listen to the Native Plants Healthy Planet podcast directly at www.nativeplantshealthyplanet.com. You can also check us out at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you consume your podcasts. Uh, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, and share this with a friend. It really, really helps. Um, and as always, you can always ask Alexa, just like I do, to play the Native Plants Healthy Planet podcast. And while you're doing the dishes, while you're you're taking care of the kids, have it play in the background. Yeah, and, and I agree. You can consume the, <laughs> the, the things that we are saying today. So... Uh, Who's ready for today's secret? It's it's my turn this week. It right? is, and, and you it, started your secret, unless you have a different secret. I do. We have to go back a couple episodes to um, my secret about how my parents changed my telephone number and didn't tell me. You brought that up, I oh, think, yeah, yeah. Uh, like uh, two episodes ago. So I, I was thinking about it. I was probably in – I was either in eighth or ninth grade. So you're looking at like 13 or 14 years old, and I was at school. I remember I was in junior high at the time, and – one of my friends was like, hey, what's your new telephone number? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he was like, hey, I called you, and it said your phone was disconnected. And I was like, what? Get out of here. And I'm like, my phone's not disconnected. I, phone calls are coming in. I've made phone calls. The phone's not disconnected. They're like, well, then you, you have to have gotten a new number. I'm like, I'm telling you, like, phone calls are coming in. And then another friend mentioned, he's like, I tried to call you too, and it said your number was disconnected. So – on the way home, when I got off the bus, I went home with my friend Brian and tried to call my house from Brian's house, and it said the phone was disconnected. So I went home, and at dinner, I was like, do we have a new phone number? And my parents are like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, no, you've heard the phone ring. And I'm like, but I went to Brian's house and called the house, and it said the phone number was disconnected. And they looked at each other and like, oh, we were hoping for like two months and you didn't figure it out. Now I'm like, two months? Two months? I was like, what? what's going on? And they're like, we got tired of all the phone calls you get. So, and I'm like, well, how many could I get? I didn't even realize for two months I wasn't getting them. You know, I grew up in a big development. There yeah, were probably yeah. 40 kids on my street. Like, you didn't call, you just went outside. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, what do you mean? And I'm, I looked at my sisters. I have two older sisters. I'm like, did you know we have a new number? They're like, oh, yeah, we knew. So I was the <laughs> only one. Like, Never did the thought occur, hey, if he's in an accident and <laughs> the hospital needs to get in touch with us, he should have the home telephone. No, no concern. Didn't tell me. They were hoping <laughs> I would never figure out that we had a new telephone. I wonder how many people I'd given the telephone number to yeah, yeah. that just thought I gave them a bad phone number at that point. So it was that, – that's that's a little insight to what my upbringing was like. So for a good two months, I had no idea that my, my family got a brand-new telephone number and, and decided not to share it with me. Do you remember your That's, house phone number as a kid? I do. Should I repeat it right now? <laughs> no, yeah, no, I, I remember both of mine, the yeah. one before they changed it and the one one after. So, so hey, And one last thing. I sure. meant to bring this up earlier, but uh, if anyone is still listening, one thing, another call to action. We did a couple months ago with the, the Great American Outdoor Act. Yeah. Um, there's another act actually coming up. Uh, right now, which is called the uh, Recovering America's Wildlife Act, also known as RAWA. Um, okay. And that's something you should contact Congress about and, and say that you support it because it is providing, I think it's like a billion dollars a year or something wow. towards habitat conservation, uh, public land, those kind of things, creating places for our wildlife to, awesome. to live. So uh, nothing but good things there. So that's something the – a lot of people think when it comes to the, a lot of this political stuff, it's like, ah, someone else will call. They, they'll, they understand that it's important, but sometimes no, if they, they don't, don't hear from you, they don't. they don't realize how important it is. Call, write in, let them know that you think that's something important. Well, first, read the bill, read what they're proposing, and make sure it's something you support. 
and then write to them because i'm i'm sure the people that don't support it are reaching out and saying you're going to get more of that so they need to hear the positive support so make sure you do that yeah so uh something really really important and uh and we'll definitely talk about in the future as it as it continues to work its way through through congress so Awesome. Uh, with that, I am ever. Uh, I'm not everyone. Oh, nor am <laughs> You're I. Not, not today. Nor my friend. Uh, thank you, everyone. I'm Tom, <laughs> and I am Fran. Thank you again, everyone. Uh, we'll see you next episode. I don't even know what it is. If it's a rooted discussion or a meet the oh, guest. Oh, it's a good one. It's a, a meet the guest with uh, Sam Hoadley from Mount Cuba Center. Oh, he, and he's awesome. in charge of their trial gardens. Oh, this is going to be a great one. Oh, yeah. So you'll see us next week or hear us next week, uh, either or for uh, a meet the guest. And until then, keep it native. Thank you for listening to the Native Plants Healthy Planted Podcast, presented by Pinelands Nursery. Remember to like, share, follow, and comment.